Coming up on Golf Today, let's dig into the most intriguing storylines in the game this week. Players looking for some fairways hit, some putts finding the bottom of the cup, looking for signs of life in what can be an unforgiving game. And we're joined by a FedEx Cup champ, Grant Snedeker, hops on to talk about the Corn Ferry Tour event that benefits his foundation and why those goals of helping kids mean so much to him and his family. And Brooks Kepka has a birthday today, a jersey number worn by Magic, McHale, and the Mailman Malone. What does Brooks want for his 32nd birthday? Let's blow out some candles on golf today. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Golf Today on a Tuesday. Dave Manak alongside Eamon Lynch of Golf Week Magazine. It is Brooks Kepka's birthday. Happy birthday. It's also National Teacher Appreciation Day. You've had a, quite a few bit of golf teachers in your day. I've had a lot of teachers, Damon. The level of appreciation, I feel, really kind of varies <laughs> on the day in question. But I usually try to keep two or three teachers on the go at any one point in time because obviously somebody else is to blame for it. It couldn't possibly be me. I mean, I've had at least a dozen golf teachers uh, look at my swing, my short game, try to help me out. I've been playing this game for 30 years now. I'm, I'm kind of the same guy. I'm kind of the same player. I kind of have fits and starts. I'm an optimist eternally, as you know, but man, this is a hard, hard game. Well, we get this little tradition now in a couple of weeks when the president of the PGA of America thanks their 29,000 members <laughs> at the trophy ceremony at the PGA Championship, and I have this little moment where I wonder how many of those 29,000 have actually worked my way through at this yeah, point. We're working our way through the list. A couple of rank amateurs to the best players in the world. The PGA Tour is less than 20 miles from the nation's capital this week as TPC Potomac host this year's playing of the Wells Fargo Championship. The course is a replacement for Quail Hollow, which is hosting the President's Cup this fall. It's some great players in this field. Tony Finau coming off that runner-up in Mexico. Matt Fitzpatrick. you got some major champs like Sergio, Francesco Molinari, Jason Day, Rory, Patrick Reed, and Ricky Fowler looking for a little bit of heat as well. So for more on the action this week, we welcome in our own Rex Hoggart from Maryland. Yeah, Damon, two of those names on that list really stood out to me this morning, and that's Ricky Fowler and Francesco Molinari. They've both been struggling with their games the last few years and are really looking for any kind of spark to get things moving in the right direction. But on this golf course, where they both had so much success, they also have plenty of reasons to be optimistic. You know, it's obviously been a, a long and, and tough road, but um, continuing to move forward, um, yeah, Outside of, outside of golf, life is life is great. So I'm enjoying that part and just keep, kind of continuing to grind and, and keep pushing it with the golf. And we're we're seeing the good, the right things, but it's just a matter of time before everything starts to click. You look at what was on the horizon after you won here. You won the Open Championship, of course, had the perfect Ryder Cup. Did you feel like at that time that you were playing good enough golf to do that, or was it a matter of you just felt comfortable with your game? Yeah, no, I wouldn't have said, uh, you know, I, I couldn't, couldn't have said what was going to happen the, the next few months. Uh, obviously, I was happy where my game was. I just won Wentworth in Europe and uh, I won here, uh, not comfortably, but obviously had a great Sunday and, and kind of uh, managed to, to, to cruise the, the back nine on, on Sunday, which is a great feeling. Uh, but yeah, some of the other stuff still came as a bit of a surprise. Uh, but yeah, I was playing great and I, I managed to, to do that for the rest of the summer. 
How close is your game now to when you won here before? Uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Uh, obviously, a lot of things have, have changed. I think I'm, I'm different in 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 many ways uh, from 2018. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm working, trying to work my way back. Uh, I've got a kind of a new team around me, and and you know I'm trying to kind of reinvent myself and and. Uh, it's fun. It's a it's a new challenge, and uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing how far I can go. Now, one of those changes that Francesco was talking about is during the pandemic, he moved he and his family to Los Angeles, and when he got out there, he started working out and playing his golf at Virginia Country Club, where he met Jamie Mulligan, who's a longtime swing coach on the PGA Tour. Now. They're working together full time, and as Francesco explained to me, it's all part of what he calls a reinvention. Damon? Rex Hoggart and a couple big time players looking for some heat in 2022. More from Rex next hour. Your thoughts on an intriguing storyline this week outside the nation's capital? Just the one Rex was talking about right there, Francesco mm. Molinari, because he's really evidence of how quickly you can go from being the pigeon to being the statue mm. in this game. And people forget just how good he was four years ago. It's not just that he won the Open Championship. He won the Quicken Loans National right here, TPC Potomac, in the last time the PGA Tour visited here. He won the BMW Championship at Wentworth, the flagship event of what was then the European Tour. He then also won the Arnold Palmer Invitational, went 5-0 and in the Ryder Cup. And then kind of the wheels came off by the time the, the pandemic hit and he, he made that move with his family to Los Angeles. Everything started to change. And the coaching team around him has changed. He is, obviously, as Rex said, working with Jamie Mulligan. Dennis Pugh, who worked with him at his peak back in Europe, is still involved. But Dennis lives between London and Germany, so he doesn't see Molinari very often, but he's in constant consultation with him. But when you look at the numbers, the, the ball striking is so far off yeah. of what it was. He's in strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained approach. He's 169th and 168th on the PGA Tour. In those categories, in his banner year of 2018, he ranked 8th and 10th. That's a monstrous drop to try to work your way back from. And I get there's been a lot of change in his life since then. But he's now 203 in the world rankings. He was fifth four years ago. And to me, that's just an intriguing story going back. The PGA Tour hasn't been at TPC Potomac since yeah. he shot 21 under par there in, back in 2018. So it's, it's really going to be curious to see how well he can adjust to this road back. One top 10 in his last 22 starts. A major champ who you said the wheels kind of came off during COVID. I wonder how much the wheels came off on hole number 12 at the Masters in 2019 because he hasn't been the same player since talking to people close to him that day maybe lingered a little bit longer than even he expected. I would buy that theory. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of guys who came kind of undone, yeah. unglued on Golden Bell that day in, in April of 2019. Ian Poulter did it. You know, Brooks Kepka was also in the water as well. But Molinari, to me, was the most surprising one. He'd won yeah. the, the Arnold Palmer Invitational a month earlier. And he was the guy who also faced down Tiger at Carnoustie, which people often forget. Rory also had a share of that lead at Carnoustie yeah. that Sunday afternoon in, in 2018. And Tiger was right there, and Molinari was the guy who didn't blink in it. And when it came to the Masters, he got a little wobbly on the back nine Sunday, and he definitely has not been the same player yeah. since then. Now, it's hard to attribute it all to that because we've had the pandemic and he, yeah. he moved his family and all the rest of it, but there was a definite kind of chink in the armour appeared there 
that doesn't seem to have been welded shut ever since. Yeah, Francesco also found the water around 15 on that Sunday. Now living in Los Angeles, as Rex said, and working with Jamie Mulligan, who works with Patrick Cantley, maybe some new voices in his ear will help. Speaking of new, uh, Ricky Fowler is my most intriguing storyline of this week. Someone who is a big-time player. We see him on commercials during PGA Tour events. Uh, he said during the Honda, Eamon, that he's a half glass full guy, not an empty. He, he's an optimist. Family life is great. But to see him missing major championships, now he is exempt into the PGA because of his performance at Kiowa, missed the Masters, and we're starting to hear him repeat himself that he's not that far away. But I have to wonder, you know, in those quiet, dark moments when he's kind of sharing a house from time to time with JT and Jordan and Ricky saying, you know what, I kind of hit my funk just as Jordan was getting out of his what must it be like how to keep that positive attitude and keep that chin up when you're just not producing the results that you're expecting to produce? Well, it was encouraging to hear him say that everything outside of golf in his life is fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, life's cruising along, he's married, he's a father. There's a lot of things are going well in Ricky Fowler's life. Between the ropes is not one of those things right yeah. now. We, we thought we were going to see some signs of progress back in October at the CJ Cup in Vegas that Roy McIlroy won. Ricky Fowler finished T3rd that week. He's made 10 starts this season. Since then, he's missed five cuts and a tie for 40th is his best finish out yeah. there. And it's, he's, he's dropped all the way down to 146th in the world rankings. The only reason he's in the PGA Championship at Southern Hills was a tie for eighth last year at Kiowa Island. He got into the Kiowa Island edition of the PGA Championship on a special invitation. Right. So his exemption status for the biggest championships in the game is really pretty thin at this point. And it's very hard for him to find that kind of glass half full attitude when you look at the drop off in the numbers that really matter to him. The ball striking is considerably worse than it was a few years ago in the putting, the which putter. he led on tour oh. back in 2017. He was first on tour this year, he's 184th on tour. Now, we had Jordan Spieth on the show last week who talked about how putting stats can simply be a matter of neglect. If you're working so much on the full swing, you don't give it the attention it deserves. And Ricky Fowler's clearly maybe in that same boat as well. That yeah. it, there is neglect, perhaps, with the putter. It's not functioning to the extent that it did, but nor is any other part of the game right now. Yeah. The attitude is still good, but it at is. a certain point, it has to be corrosive to the attitude when you're not seeing the results that, for the, the work you're putting in. And he has experimented with a new putter. Does he get the same benefit of the doubt that Jordan Spieth was given by a lot of us, that the fact that he was a three-time major champ, the thought was eventually... This fighter, this grinder, is going to find his way back into winning golf tournaments. Does Ricky Fowler not get the same benefit of the doubt? Because his resume is not as hefty as Jordan Spieth's. He doesn't get the same benefit of the doubt. And that's something of a, a comforting cliche that gets thrown around in this game a lot. Because yeah. there have been a lot of great players who lost their game and never got it back. Never yeah. came anywhere close to getting their game back. And Ricky Fowler, I don't know. It's not as though his game has entirely imploded. Yeah. It's not as though he suddenly developed the yips and can't function mm. out there. He's going through a swing change that is with John Tillery that's taking longer to bed in than perhaps he would like. He doesn't get the benefit of the doubt because Ricky's always had the rap, somewhat unfairly, I would argue, of being all hat, no cattle. Right. That he's out there and gets on TV on Sunday afternoon because he's in a commercial rather than being in contention. Yeah. And that's... You know, you can't knock the guy for making a living out there. He has won five times on the PGA Tour. Putting he won the players, the players yeah. in, in pretty dramatic fashion. He has shown flashes of the player he could be. That's kind of hard to sustain 
over a lengthy period of time, especially when you're going through swing changes. He's been a soft target for the trolls for a long yeah. time because of that. He deserves probably a little more respect than he gets in this game, but it's very hard for, if you're him right now mm -hmm. when you're dealing with the criticism that's going to be added on to what you're accustomed to dealing with anyway, and you can't seem to quite find that little bit of daylight. Got to be hard to keep that chin up. Ricky Fowler hoping to change that narrative this week outside the nation's capital. And speaking of intriguing storylines, Monday there was a four-for-one qualifier playoff for the last spot in the Wells Fargo Championship, and PGA Tour winner David Lingworth advanced with a birdie on the first Playoff hole, you will recall Lingworth won the Memorial Tournament way back in 2015. So here are the four qualifiers for this week outside of DC. You see David Lingworth, Drew Nesbitt, 27 year old Canadian, gets through Nicholas Thompson, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, Lexi Thompson's big brother, and Norman Jung, Oregon Duck, also making it through. And a very cool moment coming out of Monday's qualifier. Young Drew had his 10-year-old son on the bag as he looked to qualify for his first tour start. He did not, but a memory those two will always have. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Back on golf today, a look at the tours in action this week. The Wells Fargo outside the nation's capital. Mitsubishi Electric Classic, our PGA Tour champions. Bet Fred British Masters talked to Danny Willett yesterday. He's hosting and Simmons Bank Open at the Grove, benefiting the Snedeker Foundation. Now, last year, Austin Smotherman took home the title at the Simmons Bank Open on Mother's Day. How about that? Emotional win for Smotherman as it was his first on the Corn Ferry Tour. Smotherman also received one of the coolest trophies in the game at Hand Forge Gibson Les Paul guitar. I, I played cello. In high school, never learned the sixth string, but that looks like a really, really cool instrument. And speaking of cool, some past winners of the Simmons Bank Open. You got James Driscoll, Lonto Griffin making his way on the PGA Tour. Cam Davis, Robbie Shelton. There's Austin Smotherman, of course, canceled in 2020 through the COVID-19 pandemic. A little more on the Snedeker Foundation, the official charitable beneficiary of Simmons Bank Open since 2017. Supports social and athletic endeavors in Middle Tennessee, including our kids, providing medical evaluations and crisis counseling services, and the SNEDS Tour, statewide junior golf tour in Tennessee.
Now joined by the nine-time PGA Tour winner, Brant Snedeker himself. Brant, always good to spend some time with you. This charitable work has a golf aspect, but also some pretty serious life challenges as well, including crisis counseling for abused children. How have you seen this charity work change lives? Yeah, it's been it's amazing. You know, my wife's been involved with them since college, her college days here in Nashville and has really grown to be, you know, a part of the family there and seeing the kind of things they're able to help kids through, help families through. Um, you know, sexual child sexual abuse is something that nobody really wants to talk about or be involved with, but, you know, it affects one in every four uh, girls, one in every five boys, and it's the only kind of abuse that has no socioeconomic background, whether you're, um, you know, uh, somebody who's wealthy or somebody who's, you know, struggling to make ends meet, it, it makes no difference um, when it comes to this kind of um, problem. So, you know, if they fill a much needed gap here in Tennessee of being able to give medical evaluations, being able to work with social workers, work with the police departments, work with hospitals to help them kind of go through all the process of getting these kids that, the help they need, getting the families the help they need. Uh, you know, the one thing I've learned through this whole thing is realizing that these kids are very resilient. They will bounce back from this when, once you give them the tools to get through it. The families are the ones that need to help them through it. You know, it's it's one of those things where the parents need counseling, the parents need to understand what happened and help them kind of get their way back. And so it, it's something that has really impacted a lot of people. They, they don't ever really want to talk about it. And, and once they start talking about it and realizing that there's a group of people out there to support them, um, you're not the only one and it's not your fault. Um, I think it really helps them kind of move past it and, and have healthier and happier relationships for the rest of their lives. Brian, how does that mission and your foundation benefit specifically from this week on the Corn Ferry Tour? Yeah, last year we raised $250,000, um, largest time we've ever raised, the most money we've ever raised um, through this tournament. Um, you know, a lot of that goes to providing much needed more social workers, much needed more medical personnel to be able to help these kids. Um, we're right now in 41 counties, the state of, state of Tennessee. We're going to try, hopefully, to take this to a national platform at some point in the near future to really fill a void and need. Um, that, that we see everywhere else. You know, I just want people to know that there's a place where they can go, that somebody will believe them, that will give them the help they need, and hopefully kind of turn their life around in the positive and get them out of a bad situation. Um, also through um, helping our SNED tour here in Tennessee has been phenomenal. So, um, it, you know, last year was a, kind of a huge step for us to really go in the right direction and really start helping a lot of people here. How proud of you, uh, of you are you of Mandy, your wife, for taking this on? This work isn't for everybody. No, it's unbelievable. You know, she's she's the rock star, and as, as many tour players would tell you, we can't do what we do without having a super, you know, a better, our better half behind us here. You know, and she's taking this on her shoulders. She's really put a lot of energy, effort, time into it. She was the president at, at our kids for for three for two terms, and has really stayed on the board there. So has been very active with it. She, she's just a passion. She felt like something that's not really underserved in our communities, and nobody really wants to talk about. And she's kind of taking it on herself. And so I'm so proud of her and all the work she does. Um, behind the scenes that nobody really knows about. Um, she's a great mom. She allows me to trace my passion and, and, and be a golfer. And she kind of takes care of everything at home for us. And so, you know, I couldn't do what I do at the level I do without her and all the support she gives. And so I'm very fortunate to, you know, have a wife like that who cares that much about other people and cares that much about making my life better. So um, just, she's a rock star. I'm just trying to hold up mine to the bargain. <laughs> Fran, speaking of family, you sadly lost both of your parents in a relatively short period of time between the end of 2020 and the middle of 2021. How did that affect your ability to kind of focus on your day job and on life on the PGA Tour? Yeah, it's been, you know, I think anybody that's lost a parent can tell you it's tough. I lost mine within a six-month span, both of them, um, kind of both suddenly. And so it's been tough for me. You know, I, I've spoken openly about it. You know, anytime you lose a, a, a relative, it's something. But when you lose kind of your North Stars of your life, you know, both my parents were... 
Um, great role models for me. They're very involved in my life. I love them, obviously love them both dearly. To not have that kind of support structure that you've always had, um, somebody I could call after a bad round or a good round, it's just, it's just tough. And, and it's something you work through, you know, you, you kind of find out, you know, Am I really passionate about this? Is, is this really what I want to do with my life going forward? Um, can I fight through the adversity of, you know, having those de- depressing days and that kind of thing? And so, you know, it kind of makes you reevaluate everything in your life. And so it's been a, a long process for me to get kind of get to where I am, where I can even talk, talk about it with you guys. Um, and it'll be more process going forward. You know, I think that's a big reason why I haven't played as well, which is part of life and obviously makes things there's way things way more important than that, but um, you know I just want to get a place where I'm happy and enjoy my time on the golf course, enjoy my time with my family at home, and, and I feel like I've gotten all, came a long way in the last year and a half since 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 it's happened. So hopefully I can kind of get back to the way I was before and really enjoy um, every aspect of my life, enjoying every part of being a professional golfer, being a dad, being a, a father, and 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 being uh, um, a, a, a part of our foundation. So I'm kind of getting to that place where I'm really kind of content and happy, and now it's about kind of getting back to what I love doing. Well, Brant, the 40s can be an interesting decade for a pro golfer. I once asked Padraig mm-hmm. Harrington on his 40th birthday what it meant, and he was like, it doesn't mean anything. Nothing changes. He was kind of insulted at the question. He gave me that stare. At 41, how would you describe what you still want to accomplish in this game? You know, I still think I have a lot of good golf left in me. I, I have not slowed down when it comes to practicing or preparing or um, you know, I've actually been relatively injury free for almost a year now, which is crazy because I've seemed to be battling those every year in, in my early 30s. Um, you know, I feel like my passion is back to where it needs to be. It's just kind of one of those things where, you know, as, as you guys were talking earlier, I was listening to earlier with, with Ricky struggling with his putting. I, I've kind of struggled with my putting in my short game the last couple of years. And when you're doing that, that's been the strength of your game for a long time. You know, you want to make sure that you get back to playing the kind of golf you're used to. You know, so if, I, if I'm not putting great, I'm not chipping great. I've never been a great ball striker. I'll always be decent and streaky when it comes to that. Like, I've got to have those bedrocks in my game to be able to play good, beat these young guys on the PJ Tour. I've got to be able to chip and putt really, really well, think really, really well, and have a good wedge game. And so I've been working really hard on that, trying to get that to where I feel comfortable. I know it's going to be there, and I can rely on that to kind of get me through the times where my ball striking probably isn't where it should be. And so um really enjoyed the challenge of trying to get back to that, the old golfer I was, and um, maybe be a new version of that going forward. Brand, a couple weeks ago, I threw your name out as a potential future President's Cup captain or Ryder Cup captain. I love Davis, mm-hmm. and, and Freddie's cool, and Zach's solid, but uh, what, what do you think about that, Brand? You've given a lot to this game, your foundation, mm-hmm. your FedEx Cup champ. Uh, am I crazy to throw that out? I hope not. I'd, I'd be honored to do it. You know, I, I had a decent Ryder Cup record. You know, me and Brooks had a three. We I had Brooks as a partner, so... I had a three and zero record, two and zero because of Brooks, and then I won my singles match. And so, uh, but we had a we had a great time together. Um, I, I love that week. Anybody that's been in one of those teams and, and been around the guys understands that once you get in that environment, you never want to leave it. It's just the best week of of, of the year, in my opinion, both of them. And so, um, I'd love I'd be honored to be a part of the teams or, or just even be a vice captain and be around the guys and kind of see how it goes. Um, you know, but you know, especially with the with the crop of young guys we got coming forward, it's going to be a very popular job to want to have one because I don't see this going backwards anytime soon. All these young guys I see coming out on tour right now are playing phenomenal, and um, it'd be an honor to be able to host, you know, be, be a captain for them, and and hopefully be in that room with them and lead them to a victory somewhere. Well, playing great golf is fun, but changing lives is even more important. That's what you're doing this week in Tennessee, Brant. Thanks so much for the time. We'll speak to you soon. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Well, some days he acts like he's 16 from the neck up. 
Some days he feels like he's 60 from the neck down, Damon. But Brooks Kepka actually turns 32 years old today. We'll take a closer look at where the four-time major winner is when we come back. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. We're back on golf today. Brooks Kepka celebrating his 32nd birthday today. He's got eight PGA Tour wins. Half of them are major championships, and there's seldom a dull moment with Bruce Cupcake. Just take a look at what happened since his last birthday. Here's the year of BK, Damon. Yeah, what we got? Starting off the PGA Championship. He had a chance to win last year, but came up short in the final round up against Phil Mickelson. I was surprised, kind of got outfoxed by Phil. Uh, I expected a different outcome. I thought Brooks would take him down a little messy on the par fives in particular. And I think Phil kind of was playing chess that day. Yeah, I definitely was surprised by that one as well, but the year continued. It was the year of Brooks and Bryson. Yeah. Here they were at the Ryder Cup. Acting like meatheads, both of them <laughs> at different times in 2021, if we're, if we're honest. And I also wonder if this kind of distracted Brooks just a little bit, kind of getting bogged down in that he said, he said. Somehow they went out and, and won the Ryder Cup anyway. But they shared such a, a beautiful bro hug <laughs> at the end of it at all. This looked almost like a hostage video between <laughs> the two of them here. There wasn't a, wasn't a great deal of warmth and authenticity yeah. to that one. Yeah, I mean, they, they played well despite the, the strife, but then they ended up trying to maybe make a little bit of extra cash off of the, the perceived and probably real beef. Yeah, and I think they were both motivated for this one. Certainly Kepka was romped to a fairly easy win in Las Vegas. Yeah, you know, I was impressed by that. It clearly meant a lot to, to beat Bryson. And I think it means a lot for Brooks to have those opportunities to rub shoulders, elbows with legends like Mike Krzyzewski, erstwhile co coach at Duke, Giannis Antetokounmpo, NBA MVP of yesteryear. I think he fashions himself as a big-time sports star. And speaking of fashioning himself, this is what he did recently. <laughs> oh my God. When he decided to lighten things up a little bit. He went blonde, kind of Bieberish with that look. But hey, it's all about the pip and, and having a little fun as well. Well, here's what we've seen since April of 2021 on the PGA Tour from Brooks Kepka. 24 starts, 
Surprising nine missed cuts, Damon, for a guy who's normally so consistent. Half dozen top tens and zero wins. But he did have three top tens in major championships at the Masters. Uh, missed the cut of the Masters last year, but had three top tens in the other major championships. Had a chance to win all of them. Where do you see him right now? Yeah, I, I see someone that is looking for sustained good health. I think you started to get that. I was very surprised at that miscut at the Masters, considering I picked him to win. I do wonder where he is in terms of this 32nd birthday and kind of getting back to being the player that he wants to be. I've called him the most mentally tough player in golf since Tiger Woods, but he has not won a major since 2019, has not won a golf tournament since the, uh, the WM Phoenix Open last year. So that's over a year bereft of a trophy of any kind. So I just wonder, you know, what is it going to take? Is it more good health? Is it no distractions from this Brooks Bryson drama? Because I think this is someone who's told us he wants to have and believes that double-digit majors are in his future. It's time to get back on the ball then. It really is. And the fewer distractions he has, the better it is. He likes to create this perception, and it's actually a reality. That, that he's built for major championship. It's not just the four wins. Yeah. He's been second three times in majors. He's been fourth four times in majors. These are the events that he tends to show up for. It's what he builds, the perception of himself, his image and his aura around this kind of Terminator mentality. But the, the problem with that is that's a beast that you need to feed constantly. Yeah, it is. And if, if your game drops off a little bit, then it, it's kind of hard to maintain this image of being invincible yeah. out there. And he's, he's simply not able to maintain that image right now. The ball striking has dropped off a little bit. The putting has dropped off as well. It's just not there. Obviously, he's coming off a couple of years of pretty lousy health. Trying to find that sweet spot of yeah. health is probably the first step to then finding the rest of what makes Brooks Kepka Brooks Kepka, But he's not Brooks Kepka right now, at least not the Stay Brooks Kepka of old. See what happens at the PGA at Southern Hills. Happy birthday, Brooks. Kepka. All right, folks, when Golf Today returns, we're catching up with the newest winner on the Corn Ferry Tour, Harrison Endicott. More on Sunday's emotional win, plus he's got his hands on arguably the coolest trophy in the game. Won't want to miss that. Next. Golf Central Update, brought to you by Callaway Golf. Back on golf today on the Corn Ferry Tour. Quite the week for Australian Harrison Endicott, who took home the title at the Huntsville Championship in his 43rd career start. The win marked his first on the Corn Ferry Tour. What a run it has been. Some ups and downs. See the starts by tour. He turned pro back in 2017. Won his first pro event last week, the Huntsville Championship down in Alabama. Very emotional after the win. What is this win like like for you to get this? Oh, it's huge. Um, it's worked so hard. Um, you know, I've just had a lot of disappointments in my life. Um, yeah, just just can't believe. I'm just so. Re I never thought I'd I'd win over here. There was there was a time where I just I just did I ever think that I was actually going to win again? You know, so it's um, very special. I can't believe I just got it done this week. I've just been so frustrated um, at golf for a long time, um, and it finally happened. And um, you know, but we still got a long season ahead, and I really want to. Uh, I I want to get some good work in over the rest of the year and um, try to achieve more. But um, right now, I'm just so stoked. 
and Harrison Endicott joins us right now. Harrison, congratulations, first of all. We just saw, heard the quote saying you never thought you'd win over here, being frustrated at golf for a long, long time. How did you get from there to winning on the Corn Ferry Tour? Uh, just a lot of patience. Um, you know, like, I, I, it was, it's been really frustrating. Um, I feel like I've been playing well for a long time and just not getting rewarded um, as well as I would have liked. And, uh, you know, I just kind of hung in there. And, um, you know, my, my coaches back in Australia and uh, my, my team and, you know, uh, my, my family are always like, just keep believing, keep believing. And, um, you know, and last week it just happened. I got a few right bounces at the right time and got the putter rolling. And, um, yeah, I'm just super privileged to be on here talking to you guys today and, um, and having the win last week. Harrison, you had a tough stretch at the end of 2021 where you didn't make the weekend in your last 10 starts. You played more consistent this year leading up to the win. What changed? Is it something in your game or was it something psychologically that changed for you? Uh, a little bit of a little bit of things in my game. Um, it was, you know, just getting a little sharper with uh, certain certain areas, like just driving the ball and putting and pitching. Um, you know, especially that inside 100 yardage, um, you had to dial in a little bit. And also mentally, too. I, I You know, it was a bit of a tough time mentally. Um, and I just, you know, when, you, when you're just not ready mentally to compete, um, it doesn't really matter how good you hit it. You just just don't get it done out there, you know. You just, it's, it was just a, a role um, of just negativity. And I had to... I had to speak to some people and um, get my mind clear about a few things and um, approach life a little bit differently. And um, I was very fortunate to have those people um, out there to be able to reach out to. And, um, yeah, and uh, it made me – it gave me a, a different perspective on life and golf. Did you expect the emotions to spill out in the way that they did after the victory? No, I didn't. Um, I It just kind of happened a little bit. Like, it's um, – it was just something that I've just been through a lot in my life. And, um, you know, it kind of, once that last putt went in, it just, it really just uh, hit home a little bit, um, you know. And I, I would have loved to be able to do that in front of my family, but, you know, they're all the way back in Australia. And, um, but uh, at the same time, I was just, I was just kind of smoked and godsmacked that I actually, I closed out the way I did. And, um, you know, all those little fond memories just kind of came came in at that moment, and that's why I was a little bit emotional. Harrison, you've played amateur team golf with Cameron Smith. When you see the success he's had over the last year or two here in the United States, do you draw inspiration from that, or does it make you a little more impatient to prove yourself? Oh, no. It's what Cam is doing on the PGA Tour now and on, on a world stage golf is seriously unbelievable. Um... You know, he's, he's just unbelievable to watch. And every time I, I see him in a major or contending, I, I always tune in and watch. And you learn so much, like, the way he handles himself. I mean, if I could putt as half as good as he does, I mean, oh, my goodness, like, there could be a few more wins. But, um, you know, what he's doing is huge. It's so inspiring for not only myself, but a lot of golfers in Australia and, and young kids over here as well. And... Um, I'm very grateful that he, you know, he's an Aussie, and um, yeah, it's just, it's just amazing watching him do that as well as, um, you know, Cameron Davies as well is a good friend of mine, and um, 
you know, it's and uh, a few other the Aussies on this tour, like Curtis and, and, and Ryan Ruffles. Like, we've all played so much golf together growing up, and when we kind of see each other um, all um, make some good results happen, um, we all get, get really excited, you know, so it's, it's just great. Well, you're hitting on it because Australia is such a sporting nation, a proud one. You mentioned Cam Smith, Ash Barty, a bunch of legends. You've played rugby and cricket, soccer. How do those experiences help you in golf, if in any way? <laughs> um, I guess a little bit of teamwork, you know. Like, you, you learn to um, do the best things you, you can for yourself to help others. And uh, I think that's the best part about being a playing in a, um, a team sport. You know, you teach you those, those skills. And my dad was... Uh, my dad was a rugby play, rugby league player back in the day. My grandfather played um, first grade rugby league um, down in Australia. And um, in my family, it was uh, playing a team sport was uh, definitely a huge a huge thing about part of growing up. There's a lot of a lot of life skills in that. And um, you know, and it's funny for a little while there, I, I kind of wanted to play rugby league professionally and try to see how far I could go with that. But my, my golf coach was just like, nah, we're going to focus on golf. Um, I just, I'm not big enough and fast enough to, <laughs> to compete uh, in rugby league. And um, so, which, which is great. I mean, I'm very thankful now of that decision. So put it that way. <laughs> well, we're all glad that the golf coach made that decision for you. You're, you're now <laughs> fairly comfortably inside the top 25 hours on the Corn Ferry Tours, top 25 for cards on the PGA Tour next year. Does that change how you're going to approach the rest of this season for that goal of next year on the PGA Tour? Uh, no. Well, yes and no. Um, it, it enables me to, to create a bit of a schedule now, um, which is which is huge. Uh, manage your time. But now's the time to work hard. And, um, you know, like I, last week felt really amazing um, and I'm, I've soaked it all up. But... Um, you know, I, my dream is to play the PGA Tour and, and um, I really want to get there. And um, now I feel like the time to work um, that little bit, ex that extra harder, um, practice smarter. Um, I'm, I live in Scottsdale, so um, I'm surrounded by a lot of um, veteran, um, very successful golf pros. And, you know, it's all about kind of picking their brains and um, learning, you know, learning as much as I can off them. Um, you know, and um, that's that's kind of how I want to approach it now. Like, I've, I'm here in Nashville, Tennessee this week, and it's a new golf tournament, new challenge. Um, guys out here are seriously good. So, um, you know, I've just got to keep improving, try to get a little better at everything, and, and hopefully we get a few more good results. So we'll see how we go. So you, you get this trophy. It's not just any trophy, not a little gold man or, or a medal. It's a rocket ship that looks about the size <laughs> yeah. of – of a teenager. I mean, where are you going to put this, this trophy now that you have it? I don't know. Um, yeah, my girlfriend, my girlfriend uh, actually said the same thing. She's like, I don't know what we're going to do with that. <laughs> so um, we've just, I think I, I get a little replica. Or I've got to find out a little bit more, but um, it was funny. I was, I was thinking about it the other day. I used to have a little toy rocket ship as a, as a kid growing up. And um I'd never thought in the wildest dreams that I would have actually won one as a trophy. So, um, no, it's pretty special. Like, it's a pretty cool, really cool trophy, especially being up close to it. And, um, yeah, it was amazing. And, um, and I couldn't believe how many people I met last week who uh, have PhDs and, and work for NASA and, and build these rockets uh, that send people to the moon. And 
Um, it was just a, it was a really mind-boggling experience. So, uh, yeah, it, it kind of, I'm going to be interested to see uh, what we kind of do with uh, with that trophy at our uh, one-bedroom apartment in Scottsdale. <laughs> <laughs> Where to put the trophy? Those are the fun kind of problems you have to have when you win in professional golf. Harrison, congratulations. First of many, Thank hopefully, you. for you. We'll speak to you soon. Uh, thank you so much, guys, and uh, thanks for having me. And um, no, I watch your show regularly, so thank you so much. Appreciate that. Harrison Endicott, winner on the Corn Ferry Tour. So you know that U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, that's why they have this beautiful trophy, this spaceship, this rocket. It's a great photo. Going to find a place for it in his home in Scottsdale. Kind of got us thinking about the best trophies in, in golf or sports. Where do you want to go? What's the best trophy? There is only one. It's the Claret Jug. I've Game, set, match, enough. point. Okay. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to see it up close. And you're looking at the first name ever engraved on that was young Tom Morris. It was actually first presented to Tom Kidd in 1873. It wasn't ready when Tom, young Tom Morris won it in 1872. But you're talking about 150 years of history engraved on that. Of course, Gary Player's name is engraved a little bit bigger than everyone else's. <laughs> but it is, it, it's just such a, an icon of this game and the history of it. You just sort of run your fingers over the engravings yeah. or you're talking about pretty much every great player in the history of the game. What do you got? Well, by the way, it perfectly fits a bottle of wine. That's why it's <laughs> the, the greatest trophy, the Claret Jug. I'm going with the Robert Cox trophy. This is the, the cup given to annually to the winner of the U.S. Women's Amateur. It was commissioned by Robert Cox. It's the oldest USGA trophy dating back to 1896. Lydia Ko has won it. Rose Zhang, Jensen Castle most recently, Danielle Kang a couple of times. Has detailed scenes of St. Andrews on the front and back badges, the classic tartan pattern on the base. This is an absolutely gorgeous trophy. Robert Cox was a member of British Parliament from Scotland, uh, went to the University of St. Andrews. I think it's an underrated trophy, U.S. Women's Amateur Trophy. We don't talk about it very much. It is a thing of beauty. What do you think Robert Cox would have made of the trophy that Harrison just picked up? In Someone would have to explain that to him about <laughs> spaceships and, and travel. I tell you what, it's got to be fun for all these players to, to take home a trophy. I think, you know, I can't help but think about, you know, the, the Stanley Cup. In hockey, you've got the Vince Lombardi trophy in football. I mean, that's what it's all about. My kids collect trophies. You know, they got the, the tennis trophy, the hoops trophies. It's, it's, it's fun to, to bring home a trophy. Do they have more trophies than you do already? Oh, absolutely. Outpacing pops by quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest trophy on the track is in play on Saturday. It's Kentucky Derby Week on NBC. And coming up next, we're going to take a look at which thoroughbreds are breaking out of the pack on the PGA Tour. Who needs to get his nose over the finish line? And maybe even who's pulling up lame? Stay with us. Well, golf doesn't have a two-minute run for the Roses like the Kentucky Derby. Instead, we have a race to the riches that concludes with the FedEx Cup in August. We're going to take a closer look at the show ponies who've been getting their noses out in front this season. We have a couple of winners joining the show. Brandon Matthews coming off a victory on the Corn Ferry Tour, and he's in the starting lineup this week at the Wells Fargo Championship on the PGA Tour. And Stephen Alker, the Secretariat of Senior Golf, he's joining us to talk about his hot streak on the PGA Tour Champions. Golf Today continues now. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet.
Welcome back into Golf Today. I'm Eamon Lynch alongside Damon Hack. And Damon, last week in Mexico, John Ram was under a considerable amount of pressure mm. to deliver. Sure. There are a lot of guys in the same boat this week at TPC Potomac that were in John Ram's boat last week. Yeah, Ricky, Frankie, Rory. Probably the most to me. I would love to see Rory, and a lot of folks want to see Rory kind of getting back to the golf that we expected from him years ago. He's shown glimpses. He's shown moments. 64 at the Masters on Sunday, trying to chase down Scott. He was quite uh, an afternoon of golf for him. But we want to see that more on the regular, as the kids say. Yeah, well, he had his coach, Michael Bannon, working with him at the Bears Club in yep. uh, Palm Beach Gardens all of last week. So presumably he's arrived in the D.C. area right now, feeling as though he's got a bit more of a grip on his swing. Yeah. These changes have been you know, working their way in now for six months. He's going to start to want to see some return on that investment. Mm, love to see it happen. Rory and all the rest ready to take on TPC Potomac, host of this year's playing of the Wells Fargo Championship, normally held at Quail Hollow Club in Charlotte, North Carolina. Tournament moves up the eastern seaboard to TPC Potomac at Avenel Farm in Potomac, Maryland. The former home of the PJ Tours Kemper Open, as well as the Quicken Loans National in 2017 and 2018. Some other notes for you, 21-time PJ Tour host, by the way, last appeared on the PJ Tour 2018 Quicken Loans National, run by uh, Francesco Molinari, renovated in 2007, reopened in 2009, hosted that senior players in 2010, won by Marco Mira over Michael Allen in a playoff, and hosted two Corn Ferry Tour events as well. So for more, we once again welcome in Rex Hoggard, senior writer at Golf Channel. Yeah, Damon, you just ran through the history of this golf course as far as its relation with the PGA Tour. And the one thing we can say from that history is it's going to be a demanding test. If you go to 2017, TPC Potomac played as the most difficult golf course on the PGA Tour that season of all non-major championship venues. And even in 2018, it ranked inside the top third as far as degree of difficulty on the PGA Tour. And even with a different spot on the schedule this time around, the players I spoke to this morning anticipate another very demanding test. One of the years, uh, it was definitely very firm and fast. We won't see that this week. Um, temperature is going to be a lot lower. Um, looks like we have some rain in the forecast, so it's it's going to play longer. Um, ball's not going to go as far. It's it's going to be, you know, different than what we we saw when we've played it in the in the summer. Um, I'd, I'd like for the forecast to change a little bit and not be as wet, but hey, we'll tee it up and play with what we get. Yeah, going to be cooler. Um, so bent greens should be a little firmer. Um, but uh, I remember the course being in great shape then. Uh, looks like uh, not quite as much rough, but um, yeah, it's going to be a great test. Cool, got some rain coming, I think. But uh, yeah, you got to uh, still got to play good golf. Temperature-wise, looking at the forecast, is going to be much cooler than, than it was uh, in in July, June, July. So you play longer for sure. Uh, maybe a little bit softer. Uh, but yeah, I think the the length will be the, the biggest difference. Now, in 2018, when Francesco won here, it was famously hot that year, and the golf course played very firm and very fast. That's not going to be the case this week. <laughs> the forecast calls for a lot of rain and a lot of overcast like we have right now. On Friday and Saturday, there's a 70 to 80% chance of showers. and maybe the bigger deal, Damon, on the weekend. The highs aren't expected to get out of the 50s. Wow, Rex Hager with all the notes outside the nation's capital. Thanks so much for your time, pal. About 590 miles, by the way, west of Potomac, Maryland, is Louisville, Kentucky, where you'll find one of the great events 
in all sports this weekend, the Kentucky Derby, Sport of Kings. You can watch the action this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern on NBC and Peacock. So staying with this theme, you know, we're going to talk about horses kind of in a golf way. Maybe a, a sprinter. You know what the sprinter is? Someone who starts kind of hot like a rabbit in track and then kind of sets the pace and then kind of fades. Runs out of gas. Runs out of gas, comes up lame. You got a sprinter in this uh, golf realm. For, for this season, I, I would have to pick Hideki. Wow. In that category. I mean, he won early in Zozo last fall, and then he won the Sony Open in great fashion. Yes. That eagle on the 18th hole back in January. But he's obviously had health woes since then. He's made 10 starts, uh, sorry, six starts since then. It's just one top 10. He's had a recurring back issue. There was some doubt as to whether or not he was going to be able to defend his title at Augusta National, which he did. But the, the form has not been there that we were seeing earlier in the year, and it really did look as though it was going to be the season of, a, of Hideki. Yes. For 21-22, he seems to have stalled a little bit. Do you see him a little bit in the realm of a Brooks Kepka kind of becoming a big-game hunter? I, I thought he had a very nice defense of his Masters tournament title. Obviously, a big week for him in hosting the Champions Dinner as well. He hasn't earned that moniker yet, but do you see him kind of building that? I guess apparently not this season, considering what he's facing from an injury standpoint, but big picture, do you see him as someone who will be kind of on those major championship leaderboards going forward? For someone who won the Masters in the fashion that he did under the pressure that he's under, because if, if you go out there on PGA Tour events, you see an army of yes. Japanese media that follows his every move. And if Hideki misses the cut, they're all gone by Saturday. He's under an enormous spotlight. And the fact that he won any major yeah. under that spotlight to me is impressive. I th still think he's a long way shy of being in that Brooks Kepka category sure. of being built for that. But who do you look at on this season that we have now and see a guy who's started fast and seems yeah. to be pulling up? I think it's Victor Hovland, who played very mm. well at the end of 2021. It's an aggressive, it's an aggressive mm -hmm. choice, considering the PGA is in his adopted home state of Oklahoma, but no top tens for Victor since March. And I just wonder, as we head into the meat of major championship season, can someone who is 209th in strokes gained around the green be expected to really compete for major championships? In nine starts, including a withdrawal at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, he has yet to log a top ten finish in majors. That's the part of the year where we're headed. He has not acquitted himself as a major championship threat at this point in his young career. And I just wonder, with the short game woes that he has, he's working on them, I think he's improved in that area, but can he truthfully see himself as a contender? That is the glaring weakness in Victor's game, which he's always been kind of upfront in a humorous way yeah. about it. But the problem with major championships is they generally don't leave any aspect of your game unexposed. Yeah. And if there's a weakness there, major championship golf is going to find it, particularly, say, at a place like Augusta National, yeah. where the margin for error around the greens is so minuscule. And it's not as though that's going to be much different when we get to Southern Hills or to uh, the country club. Yeah. He might have a little more leeway when he gets to St. Andrews, when you can use a lot more clubs and have yeah. a lot more options around the green than he does now. But having said that, Victor's never been particularly good around the greens, and yet he still managed to go through yeah. a stretch there where he won three times in a fairly short window. Yeah. So he's, he's a, to me, it's an aggressive choice to say he's pulling up. The fact that he hasn't had the, you know, a solid finish in the last six weeks, that's yeah. a certain recency bias <laughs> we're showing here, I admit. But at the pace he was setting, yeah. 
It's a fair argument that he's well, dropped Kerry off. Cosby, of the director of golf at Southern Hills said that the short game is going to be crucial. He was saying that in in terms of his conversation about seeing Tiger Woods and caddying for Tiger during his 18 hole practice round, saying how critical that is. And Tiger's short game looked very, very good. So I heard that sound or heard that quote and was like, wait a second. This is a part of Victor's game that he needs to tighten up still. So if he's missing greens at Southern Hills, maybe not as penal as Augusta National, but still a very, very important part of that test at the PGA. The good thing for Victor is he doesn't actually miss that many greens, yes. given how good he is around, yeah. you know, with his iron play onto the greens. How about sure. break, breaking maiden, I guess, is another term in the, the sport of Kings, you know, breaking through for a victory. Is there a player you've identified that's kind of bubbling up on leaderboards and finally ready to, to break through? I'm tempted to say Louis Eusthuizen, since his only PGA Tour victory came two and a half thousand miles east of the United States in St. Andrews, yes. and that was 12 years ago. But I'd look at a guy like Will Zalatoris, who seems the obvious choice. He's got every tool in the kit except a putter he trusts mm. under pressure. You know, he's had actually four top six finishes already this year on tour. He's put himself in the mix. He obviously contended at the Masters last year, finished second. He just seems to have be a ball-striking machine. He's a perfectly normal, well-acquitted young man. The putter, that can get pretty ugly yeah. when, it, when it's not working on his behalf. But then again, friends of mine played with him in the Pro-Am at Bay Hill this year, and they Ooh. said that he won putted the first seven greens and, and played really well. But it's a different story, I guess, when you've got a, a real pencil in your hand. Yeah, Coach Josh Gregory told me before the Masters it's something they're working on, well aware of. It's uh, something they want to turn into a strength. Starting to see some some confident strokes, especially in the match play. Made some big putts against the likes of Kevin Na and the aforementioned Victor Hovind as well. He's hoping to carry that forward. For me, it's Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, mm -hmm. we've seen him shoot 63 in a U.S. Open. We've seen him have a star turn at the Ryder Cup. Contend for wins on the PGA Tour, be it a Players' Championship or a Honda Classic. Coming off a T10 finish at the RBC Heritage, so we know that he's starting to find some form. I think seeing him, and I'll use the word wobble a little bit down the stretch of the Honda a couple years ago, told me what winning on the PGA Tour might mean for him. And for a lot of the players that come from overseas, and listen, the DP World Tour is a fantastic tour, but the PGA Tour is the home of the, the greatest competition, the best players in the world. So I think he's kind of one of those players I would consider next man up to win on the PGA Tour. Well, you're right. We've seen a lot of those things from him. We've seen the 63 in a major and the contending and being in the mix at the players and various other PGA Tour events, but we haven't seen any of that recently. Mm. And his last real standout year was 2019 when he won on the DP World Tour. He put himself in the mix in major championships. He's been a little bit off the boil since then. The ball striking isn't as sharp as it has been in the past. The attitude doesn't seem to have changed. His disposition hasn't changed anyway. But the tee to green game is not what it was. And part of me kind of wonders, you know, Brandel Chambly has made this argument that distractions about rumours of rival splinter tours and mm. things like that have distracted a lot of players. It seems to have particularly distracted a bunch of the English players more so than any others, you know, the, the Lee Westwoods mm. of, of the world. Um, it's, it's, I'd be curious to what extent that has posed any kind of distraction in Tommy Fleetwood's life as well. The ball striking isn't there, but, you know, that's, he's, he's one of the premier players in the game. I would be more surprised if he doesn't put himself in the mix a little bit more often. He's still only 43rd in the world rankings. Yeah, it's not as though he's dropped off the yeah. planet. What's your thoughts on, on the reason why for that distraction? Is it proximity with the English players being... 
closer to some of those potential starts, for example, the Centurion Club uh, in, in London? I think it's more the fact that th there's just a coterie of players. It depends who you're hanging out with, who you're socialising with. And this has been a, a subject of conversation, particularly within the European Ryder Cup realm sure. over the last few years as well. And if that's your circle, then it's very hard to kind of tune that out, whether you're party to any discussions on that subject or even remotely interested in it. It's still difficult to tune that out if that's what your immediate group of people are, are talking about. All right, Sprinter we've done, Break Maiden we've done, Best in Show, who has been the best player in golf in 2022? There, there is only one. I mean, it's, how could it not be Scotty Scheffler at this point? A guy who, on this, just before the Super Bowl kicked off, got his first PGA Tour victory. He's now up to four, and he has a major championship. He won the Masters, obviously, and look at the caliber of the fields he's beating. He started the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He won the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill in extremely tough conditions. Then he won the match play against the best players in the world out in Austin. Yes. And then takes on every great player in the world at Augusta National and could actually, he four putted the last screen and he could have six or seven putted the last screen and still won the Masters. So I don't see how there's a better thoroughbred in this game right now than Scotty Scheffler. I'm with you. He's won on different golf courses, different time zones, different grasses, different tests, stroke play, match play, PGA Tour event, major championship, world golf championship, you name it, he's done it in 2022, really on a historic pace. And maybe we're going to see a year that end up being like a Tiger year or a Spieth year or a Jason Day year or a Ben Hogan year. We don't know the answer to that question yet. But right now, it seems like nothing is too big for him. And to think about where he was on that Sunday morning at Augusta, crying to his wife that this might be just too big for me. I don't know if I'm ready for this yet. Then he answers the question by putting the green jacket on his shoulders some might think that he's not going to exhale, that he might just be gaining some steam right now. And he's, you know, he's got the blinkers on yeah. as well. He's not distracted by anything else in this game right now. And like a lot of other people previously mentioned, he's got a single-minded focus on mm. what he's doing, and it's showing up. He is the guy to beat in this game right now. He's yeah. the guy to beat at Southern Hills, regardless of the fact that John Ram won in pretty convincing fashion last week. Yeah. Doesn't matter who wins this week to me as well or next week at the Byron Nelson. To me, Scotty Scheffler is the guy to look at when we get to Southern Hills. Scotty Scheffler, best in show. And we're not done talking about the Kentucky Derby just yet. In the latest episode of Beyond the Fairway, presented by Genesis, Doug and Will get in the Kentucky Derby spirit. It's Derby week. It's Billy Horschel week. But there's... There's something that, you know, I want to have a little fun about around the Derby Weeks, my home state. So, Will, I'm going to ask you, is it a course or is it a horse? Okay, I'm going to give you a name of a golf course or a horse. You tell me which one it is. All right, let's try it. You, you know, you hate when I do certain things. I hate when you do this. I didn't do it. This is, blame the producers. All right, is it a horse or a course? Possum Trot. Oh, that's, that's the damn course. I know that one. That is a golf course. Ding, ding, ding. Somebody ring the bell for Will because you're going to get absolutely nothing for playing today. Uh, what about Barber Road? Barber Road. Horse oh, that's or a horse. horse? That's a horse. That is a horse. All right, Will, two for two. What about Useless Bay? Oh, that's a horse. That is that's not a horse. horse. That's actually a golf course in Washington. No, I meant that was the horseshoe of a golf course. No. No, that was wrong. All right, what about Dismal River? Horse. Course. That's a golf course. Actually, a Nicholas-designed course, Dismal River. It's, a, it's in Nebraska. 
Mm. Have to check that one out. All right, well, and I don't even know how to say the last one. I, I don't even know if it's a course or a horse. But Mo Donegal. Mo Donegal. So or Donegal. I don't know how to this, say it. Let me break this down. Mo. It's, it's two which, words. Which Mo. Derive of an African-American name, Maurice. Uh, <laughs> Donegal. It's D-O-N-E-G-A-L. It it's a be, black man that owns a golf course in Cincinnati. It's a four-legged horse. <laughs> <laughs> Was well, a black owner that owns four legs. <laughs> Will and Doug having some fun, and folks, be sure to check out the full episode Beyond the Fairway, including an interview with Hall of Fame jockey and NBC Sports horse racing analyst Jerry Bailey. And reminder, you can watch the action this Saturday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Back on Golf Today on Sunday, Stephen Alker, the Kiwi, returned from a two-hour rain delay at the Insperity Invitational to play a six-hole stretch on the back nine and six under par. Closed out with a six under 66 to win the event for a second victory this year on PGA Tour Champions. I love that reaction as well. It's been an interesting journey for Stephen. 86 PGA Tour starts, no top tens, 304 Corn Ferry Tour starts, four wins out there. Then PGA Tour champions, the house on fire. A couple runner-ups last year and a win, and two runner-ups and two wins already this season. Great to be joined now by Stephen Alker on this Tuesday. Man, you're winning in different ways out there, by two, by six, and now by four in Houston. What was the key to your victory at the Insperity? Yeah, pretty much everything, Damon, to be honest. Uh, it, well, thanks for having me on, too. appreciate it. Um, it's uh, it's great to chat to you guys. But uh, yeah, last week, no, it was, it was a fun week. I'd never been there before. I loved the golf course as soon as I got there, and then it's always good. And, uh, and, and just everything. I had a lot of greens. I putted nicely. I kind of carried on from where I left off a few weeks ago. So, yeah, it just, uh, it's just all come together and did everything pretty well. Stephen, you've played the Australasian Tour, the European Tour, the European Challenge Tour, the Canadian Tour, what was then the Nationwide Tour, the PGA Tour. It's kind of been a long road to overnight success for you, hasn't it? It has. I'm not sure why I'm still playing the game, to be honest. I've been, I've been everywhere. I should be worn, worn out by now. But, yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, someone asked me the other day, you know, you know why, why are you still competitive and why, why are you playing well? And I think just all those experiences, all those places I've played, has been um, you know, kind of building up to this moment and where I'm playing right now and, and just kind of feeding up all the experiences I have and and, um, and and just taking it forward into the champions and just enjoying it out there. It's a whole new atmosphere and environment and, uh, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. Three wins since November out there. I'm curious, what do you do better now in golf versus your 20s and 30s? Yeah, probably a little more patient. You know, just uh, um, know myself better and, and just uh, enjoy my game a bit more, a bit more relaxed. You know, obviously, um, I think, you know, you're striving for so much when you're younger and you know, family growing up and you want to you know, you want to win events and, and maybe just trying that little bit too hard and just trying to push and trying to get better where, you know, maybe that's not the answer sometimes. It's just to... To relax, enjoy, do what you do well, do the things, do the small things well, and um, everything else to take care of itself. So, 
Now, the games have always been there, and maybe some courses, you know, haven't suited me, but um, I'm certainly just feeling more comfortable in my skin right now, for sure. Stephen, we just saw your record of 17 starts, 14 times you finished in the top 10, and you're seeing all of these courses pretty much for the first time. Are you surprised at how well you're playing out there? Yeah, a little bit. And... Um, but I, the thing is, I like going to, to new golf courses and, and uh, experiencing all that, you know, um, doing the work on the course. And, you know, that, that's another thing. You kind of get more, well, I do anyway, get more focused on um, doing my work that week rather than just going to the golf course. And I've been here before. I know where we're going. And, you know, just going through the motion. So for me, it's, you know, it's all very exciting. You know, new golf courses. Um, you know, some, you know, of course, obviously I like better than others, but, um, yeah, it's. I just like getting to a new golf course and doing the work and seeing it and trying to work out a plan for the week, and that's that's kind of me. Steven, another Steven, Steve Young, uh, NFL Hall of Fame quarterback, used to say that at the end of a season is when you know if you were Super Bowl champion after the, the big game, not that there were signposts along the way because you have to kind of learn and struggle and go through it. But did you have any inkling that when you turned 50 that you would be reborn in the way that you seem to be? Yeah, obviously I surprised myself a little bit with, with the results and everything. Um, you know, certainly my preparation had been good building up to turning 50 and I'd stay competitive on the Corn Ferry, you know, mixing it with those young guys. So, um, yeah, it was just a just a whole planning process of just, you know, building up to tour school and trying to play some, do some Mondays, get in some events, get a feel for what's out there and, I kind of felt the game, you know, certainly coming around, and it and it did at a good time, and um, just just wanting to be out there too is it's kind of the biggest thing for me. Just wanting to be out there and play and stay competitive and and play with with greats of the game, and that's uh, that's pretty exciting to me. Stephen, you're still such a rookie on the PGA Tour Champions that one thing you haven't done out there yet is play a senior major. You've got two coming yes. up this month. How confident are you going into those? Yeah, pretty confident. Um, I'm not going to do anything different. I mean, we've got one extra round, so hopefully I'll make it through four days. But uh, um, I'll, uh, you know, I won't really prepare any different. You know, just I got a week off here in Arizona this week, just normal week. Um, and maybe the golf courses may be set up a little different, so maybe a game plan change here and there in the courses uh, may be necessary. But yeah, I, I'm feeling pretty good. You know. Obviously, I've got the confidence uh, right now, and, and, and you know the last three weeks have been a lot of good stuff in there. So, keep doing the small things good, and, and you know keep on top of those. And um, you know putting's been solid's coming around. So, yeah, um, why not? Stephen, there's some good guys out there, but also some crusty old coots as well, and guys with sharp elbows. Uh, now, how much did you feel like you had to earn your keep? kind of earn your respect out there or were you embraced right from jump yeah a little bit i wouldn't say i've earned it already i'm i'm, I'm still a young guy spilling my way you know I'm, I'm still getting nervous i hadn't you know like last week i, I hadn't played with vj singh i hadn't played with steve stricker before i hadn't played with any else so still some guys out there i haven't played with before and and you know great to the game and you know still get a little nervous on the first tee so like last week was a tough week because i had to kind of keep focusing on my game and, and keep focusing on what I was trying to do so and not trying to watch them and the little things they do. So 
still trying to learn. Still picking some brains out there. And, but as I said, you know, I'm enjoying it. The, 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 they're all been super, super guys, making me feel welcome. And the transition into champions has been really smooth because of everybody out there. Well, you're learning awfully quickly, and everybody loves an underdog story. Keep uh, knocking them out the box, Stephen. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Good to see you. Well, from age and experience to youth and raw power, coming up next, we'll be joined by one of the longest hitters in the game, Brandon Matthews. He's playing this week's Wells Fargo Championship on a sponsor's invite. Stay with us. We're back on golf today. TPC Potomac hosts this year's playing of the Wells Fargo Championship. Course is a replacement for Quail Hollow, which is hosting the President's Cup later this year. Wells Fargo Championship sponsors exemptions in the field include a PGA True winner in Ben Martin. You see big hitting Brandon Matthews in the field as well. PGA True winner in Wesley Bryan, son of South Carolina, also playing this week outside the nation's capital. Now speaking of Brandon Matthews. I tell you what, earlier this year, this was quite a moment. Stara Golf Championship on Corn Ferry Tour. Kind of love that reaction. The big man just enjoying it, moving up that Corn Ferry Tour points list, by the way. You see him at 835. Now 900 almost kind of gets you locked into that spot to move on to the PGA Tour next season. Now, while Brandon was getting the job done earlier this season, he had some loved ones cheering from afar, including his fiancée, Danielle. Brandon's over the ball. Come on, Brandon. Come on. Come on, kid. Yeah. I mean, the birdie's, birdie's good, but we need a point to go right now. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. going on to understand the love for Brandon Matthews who joins us now. Brandon, how aware were you that while you were winning on the Corn Ferry Tour, your, your fiancé and some buddies were out there partying on your behalf? Well, I, I figured that was the case. Uh, you know, with, with Danielle, she never misses a shot if, if it's possible. Uh, I, when she's out here uh, following along and someone makes her miss a shot, I wouldn't want to be that person. So uh, she follows very closely. Well, you are thriving on the Corn Ferry Tour right now as you prepare to play on the PGA Tour. What has been the key to unleashing this confidence you're showing right now? Yeah, you know, it's just been a culmination of, of having a great team around me and uh, just working on all the right things. Uh, my swing coach, Dale Gray, has been fantastic. Uh, my short game coach, Brian Simmons, my friends, family, sponsors, everything. Uh, you know, I couldn't ask for a better team around me right now. So uh, I'm very fortunate to have the people around me that I that I have and I think that has led to just great success um, you know having a great uh, balance in life has, has led to a great balance in golf and successful golf. Brandon you made one previous start on the PGA Tour at the Arnold Palmer Invitational two years ago in what way are you more prepared now for that challenge than you were then? Yeah no question about it uh, I think I was a little young um, in my thought process um, 
and obviously being my first PGA Tour event at that event, it's, you know, it's a little nerve wracking, you know. So I think I'm more prepared. I'm way calmer, uh, a little bit more confident in, in what I do on a daily basis. And, you know, I, I, you know, I truly believe I belong out here. So, um, you know, hopefully we can turn this week into something really great. Well, you've become a player that the fans like to watch. You hit it 350, 375, even 400 yards. Has Bryson DeChambeau's injury given you any pause whatsoever, or do you feel as if you're able to generate those speeds and keep yourself healthy as well? You know, for me, I try to keep myself healthy, number one. So, um, you know, I've had some injuries in the past, and I try to maintain um, a strong core and body and keep my back you know, out of pain as much as I can. So that's our number one goal. Um, you know, with Dale, the way we work on my golf swing, we just try to keep everything as neutral as possible. So it takes all the pressure off my back. And, you know, if that gives up a few yards, it gives up a few yards. But uh, the power's kind of stayed there throughout uh, all the swing changes that I've made, and the swing's gotten better. So kind of fortunate with that. Brandon, you've made steady progress through the ranks here. You won a couple of times on the PGA Latino America. You've won on the Corn Ferry Tour. As you move into this week, what, what's a goal for you this week? How do you define success by the end of the week? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not defining anything um, as success. I'm just going to take it one shot at a time. I think um, for me, when I get ahead of myself and kind of look at long-term goals, even if it's, you know, can be considered a short-term goal this week, for me, it's considered long-term with the way I think anymore. So, you know, all I'm trying to do is hit in the fairway on the first hole. And beyond that, uh, whatever happens, happens. So, but if I can go shot, shot by shot and stay in the moment of what I'm doing, I think it, it can be a very successful week. Brandon, it's U.S. Open qualifying time, golf's longest day a few years ago. You had one of the great celebrations when you chipped in, only to be caught by Gavin Hill. What do you remember about that crazy day? That was pretty wild. Uh, I was actually just talking about that the other day. Um, that was one of the coolest moments I've ever had in golf. Uh, I mean, especially going from you know having a golf ball in the the kind of nook of a tree there and having to take an unplayable and then uh hitting hitting a flop shot in the hole um to at that point make it in the u.s open um it was pretty cool so uh you know that uh that's always going to be a special moment in my mind well you've handled things so well throughout your career you came to prominence for many golf fans for the way you handled the situation at the argentine Opened several years ago. The fan with Down syndrome made some noise while you were putting. How much did that experience kind of shape you and the person you are today? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'd like to think anybody would react that way in that kind of situation. So, you know, for me, I was actually just talking about it in the media center there. I think if it wasn't a story, that would mean, you know, the world might be in a little bit better place because I think everyone should react that way. I don't think there's another way to possibly react to a situation like that. Um, so, you know, if it helped a couple people realize that maybe that's the right way to do things, that's great. But, uh, you know, for me, I don't think there's any other way to react in a situation like that. Brandon, I know you spend a lot of time around Brad Fax and down in Jupiter, and I asked Brad this morning if he'd actually managed to teach you anything, and he said he tried a couple of years ago when you and your fiancée, Danielle, came over to his house. He thought he would teach you what he believed was a demanding pull-up move. He managed to do eight. He said you did 30 without breaking a sweat, and even Danielle did more than Brad did. Have you actually learned anything from the old man, or how much do you suck up in terms of knowledge or experience from guys who've been out there a long time? God, you are, you are brutal on him, aren't you? Uh, it's, it, is, uh, it is unbelievable how, how great Brad is. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's one of the greatest guys I've ever met, uh, without a doubt. So 
uh, fortunate enough to know him. Um, and, you know, it, it is amazing to watch him do what he does best. Um, he's so knowledgeable. And, uh, you know, we're kind of the same in the fact that we're kind of sickos with golf. We love golf so much to, to every degree. And uh, so we can sit there and talk for hours about, you know, just every aspect of the game. So uh, I think that's pretty cool. And obviously he's been great to me. So I'm, I'm very fortunate to have him in my life. I think he's tough on Brad Fax. And you should see him when it comes to Randall Chambly. But that's another conversation for another show. I want to ask you, <laughs> Brandon, about the, the, your peers out there. Are there folks that you're going to lean on, uh, you know, try to ask advice for? Or, or is this blinders for you? You're all business. You stay in your own bubble and do your own thing. I mean, a little bit of both. Um, you know, I think I've I've kind of progressed to the point where, um, you know, I, I have confidence in the things that I do on a daily basis, and I think that could translate into, you know, growing to be one of the better players in the world. But uh, also, you know, if, I, if, if I'm around some guys out here and, and I see something that they're doing that I'm curious about, I'm obviously going to ask. And, you know, um, you know, also it's great to see some of the guys that I haven't seen in a while out here. So um, to catch up with them and, and uh, talk to them and be around them and understand that, you know, hopefully this is where we're going to be for, for a long time, it's uh, pretty cool to realize that. It's going to be fun to watch you play in Maryland. I imagine some jaws will drop when they try to track the golf ball when you're hitting driver. Have fun this week on the PJ Tour. We'll speak to you soon.